this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Occupation. Stand up podcaster. What? Stand up podcaster. I coalesce the vapors of human experience into a viable and meaningful comprehension. Oh, a bullshit artist. Uh, Did you bullshit last week? Nope. Did you try to bullshit last week? Yes. Either way, let's end this podcast on a high note. We're talking History of the World Part 1 on the Pod of Dreams. Naked dawn of man to the magnificence of the Bible. The Lord Jehovah has given unto you these 15, 10, 10 commandments. From the glory that was Rome uh, to the dark evils of the Spanish Inquisition. For now begins the Inquisition. To the French Revolution with its squalor and its splendor. The peasants may grow violent. They are my people. I am their sovereign. I love them. Go! History of the World, Part 1, starring... It's good to be the king. More women! More wine! More! And submit to the king. Last one. Oh, that's left off. You're beautiful. Stop you? it! <laughs> Let's end this meeting on a high note. <laughs> 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 hey, what country are you from? Ethiopia. What part? On 25th Street. Oh. I'm Miriam. I'm a Vestal Virgin. I'm really sorry to hear that. You should have been here over 30 grains ago. Please manage me. Gee, I just ate. Drama. Do you require a blindfold? None. Have you any last words? None. Test the guillotine. Hold. Action. Romance. They win. 8.30. Spectacle. The Inquisition. What a show. We know you're wishing that we go away. But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay. Mel Brooks' History of the World, Part 1. Ten million years in the making. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the pod. If you listen to a pod, Eric, I think I owe you a deep, deep apology. I picked this movie, and then, lo and behold, to my deep shock, there's a musical number almost right smack dab in the middle of it. Was that a deal breaker? Did that ruin you? Didn't love it. I gotta say, didn't love the musical number. Not my favorite part of this movie. 
But I mean, it, I appreciated the production because there was a. I mean, there was like synchronized swimming. No, and, visually it was incredible. Yeah, I, it just it was it was the most the visually striking of part it of the movie. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's, um, it's the, this is one of the most popped. It's the most fun to look at. Why? Why? Why make it? I know he does like the producers is Mel Brooks too, right? He's he's a big musical guy. Yes, I mean, he likes them. Yeah, he likes the classical musicals. He's, he grew um, up on them. I young think Frankenstein has the 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 Ritz Put thing on the Ritz. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's, I don't remember Blazing Saddles well, and I mean, certainly there's the farting um, around the campfire musical number. But you know, he likes music. I don't know. I, I don't mind it. It's did it? It, it wasn't like we're going for hyper realism here. Um, but did it no. lose you? No, you I mean, got- no. This is a silly ass movie. Like, I, I don't. That's fine. I just, I didn't think that part was particularly funny either. It was, I think, the weakest link of the whole. Okay. but i don't know maybe right. so well, it's all right it's fine i so i watched this and so i, I for anybody i mean this is a mel brooks movie I, if you're familiar with mel brooks you, you kind of already know what this movie is like i mean it's like densely packed with jokes visually every second there's hardly a moment that goes by without a joke it's just rapid fire um and I guess we get all of, all of history instead of uh, a particular genre of movie. He does a lot of he's done a lot of genre parodies. We get Star Wars with Spaceballs, the Western with Blazing Saddles, old horror with Young Frankenstein. This is high anxiety. We get Hitchcock. This is I guess history, um, but it's a scatter shot. Um, well, it starts as like a parody of. 2001 space odyssey for, for a scene and then it turns into an old-fashioned like circle jerk like a prehistoric circle jerk in the end after we get the majestic orson wells narration um well I, before we get in did you laugh at all during this movie eric yeah there's a couple jokes um uh the big joint was funny i giggled at that uh i mean there, there's there's a few a few zingers that had me laughing um I can't think of all of them right off the top. Well, there's a lot. I mean, I smiled and kind of chuckled more than I laughed. There were a couple. I mean, yeah. when the guy was was trying to release the birds and they just dropped down, he's just like throwing them down. And I says, you're free, birds. Oh, that, that was so stupid. It, it made me laugh. Um, yeah, most of it was like, this is so dumb that it's funny. Like the the women covering, here, there's men coming. Put your, like. Chastity you know, belt things on, yes. The, yeah, yeah. The those anti- were kind of- no entry or whatever that no entry yeah. signs or something like that. Oh, right. That's kind of funny. Um, no, I mean, the, the test to see if he was a eunuch that it made me giggle a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's overwrought and pretty stupid. Obviously you could just look and see um, if he's a eunuch or not. I don't, you don't need to have somebody come and dance, but it's just, it sets up one of the many dick jokes. I and mean, we get a lot of dick jokes in this movie. A lot uh, of dick shows. But, and there's some homophobic jokes too, that I think don't age super great. Sure. It was back in the day where pretty much everything got skewered all the time. Yeah. Um, so nobody nobody was spared. But I mean, I think the if there's a joke on anybody, really, like if the movie has an ethos, it's really anti people of power. Those are the people who are right. scorned the most. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, like, it's it's he took an idea is like let's take these historical events and make fun of how stupid what happened is, which is kind of a funny idea. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's overly broad, I think, is part of the problem. Um, I mean, it's not one of his most beloved movies, I think, if you... Correctly. I don't think, like, Ebert... I think Ebert hated it. He wasn't a fan of it. 
and I, and I can see why. I mean, I didn't hate it. I liked it. And I, I found myself, I mean, I didn't see this in 1981 coming off the heels of, of every Mel Brooks movie ever. This is me revisiting Mel Brooks after a while. And I found myself missing these kind of movies, like completely irre- irreverent. We're just not, nothing is serious, really. Uh, the plot mechanics aren't serious. In the end, we get the character from the Roman narrative saving the character from the French, you know, revolution. And whatever, They're just like whatever. It's a movie. They don't even care. There's, they're not even pretending that to have a plot. You, you really. get a lot of Mel Brooks in this movie. Like that's true. Of, I think of yeah. all of his movies, he's like, this is his movie. He's in every scene. Yeah, under the credits, he it took a long time to get past his credits afterwards. Yeah. There was like Sorry, Mel seven written, names, seven names deep. Bricks. Yeah. Well, even then, like starring as, he had like seven different roles right. listed. Yeah. It was just like, oh, those are all his performances. But like he's, in Spaceballs, he plays the one character yogurt. who's he's yeah. in it, but he's not like the star. I suppose he does play the yo. He also plays the like head of the the guy selling the air who switches his body. Uh, his bottoms are switched with his tops in that yeah yeah I mean, about, right? okay. he's, yeah yeah no 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 he, you're right he's he's yes he snorts the air is he in young frankenstein i don't remember he's definitely in blazing saddles he's one of the people trying to like you know it's funny camp. i have not seen very many of his movies okay and it's funny you picked this as like the one one of them that i have seen that's fine. You picked Dead Ringers of all the. Uh, right, and this is one is, you hadn't seen of his movies. Right, 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 right. This is it's just this how it works if we're gonna just pick random movies. I mean, this is yeah. I mean, if if I guess if I knew how little he'd seen, I might have picked revisiting Blazing Saddles, for example. Um, or the producers. I love the producers. I've seen both those and they're great. But um, and this movie is it's too broad to be that good. But I I just I like how just utterly pointless and silly everything is all the time. Um, they don't hardly ever make movies like this anymore yeah i mean the gregory hines thing like we'll part ethiopia like 52nd street like what that doesn't even make any sense no i it, guess it, it's kind of funny i don't know it's so so stupid that's, yeah, that like, reaction you're having now is kind of how i had all the time at one point there's a guy with a boombox listening to funky town in ancient rome yeah just a black guy walking down ancient rome whatever i mean it's just it's just silly Yes, he, he, he wraps up to defeat the romans who are chasing them he rolls up a gigantic joint joint lights it and then I guess they get a contact high, and then they just yeah, I'm gonna walk around in circles. Yeah, yeah. And they have to cross a river, and then we get just a, a an appearance from Moses, who it doesn't make sense. To Moses, there, I, I found myself laughing like he holds his hands up like he's doing the miracle, and then of course after they cross, like Moses, the party of the, of the Red Sea, but it turns out he's being held up, and there's a guy behind him like having him stick his hands up. This is really dumb, and just the conversation with with Jesus and the Last Supper. I mean, the timing is all wonky and doesn't really make any sense, but then they show up and Mel Brooks is a waiter and he just keeps saying, God, Jesus. Jesus just says, huh? yes. <laughs> yeah, what? what? Who? Yeah. Jesus, just, yeah, what? Yeah, it's, it's just, like the who's on first kind of. Yeah, this you know, the, this ancient yeah. stuff that he grew up in, he's just like repurposing and it's just so silly and stupid. And Leonardo da Vinci shows up, who Leonardo da Vinci was like 1,500 years after. Like, we're we're... Not even the same millennium at this right. point, uh, and it doesn't and it doesn't matter because none of this is serious. Not a single bit of, uh, is serious. Although I like sometimes their commitments to the bits, right? So they're in Rome. Nobody speaks with a Roman accent or anything like that. Uh, but they just make every U of E. Just they're like we're going to commit to oh the nuts N V T S. 
Nuts. Yeah, everything. Any word you see in Rome has V yeah. instead of U. Literally everything. Like it's so dumb, but hey, you committed to the bit. I I, I like it. Um, it's very very silly. Um, the names are so ludicrous every time. I mean, <laughs> we get Empress Nympha. I mean, this is just just ludicrous stuff from beginning to end. Um, it's like it was just refreshing for me to have a, a watch a movie like this. It was a nice yeah, reset. although uh, a lot of the jokes missed on me. Of course, oh, that, a lot did too. I mean, I, I the hit rates maybe five percent, something like that. You know, where they just got like a chuckle out of me. If you lower the threshold to like a smile, maybe maybe twenty twenty five percent. Mostly, I just appreciated the effort of like just trying like to do a- that all the time. Big scale movie too, though. That's that. That to me is the other thing. Is like this was not cheap. This was a giant production with yeah, they have big sets. sets and extras. I mean, yeah, would have cost like seventeen million or something back in nineteen eighty. That's a lot sure. of money back then. And it made. I mean, I think it made twice what it cost. So it was like a hit movie too, which is wild to think that this incredibly stupid movie was a hit and it's also so it's interesting to me you had to have watched this after having watched a history of the world part two which is kind of funny because i mean he made this in 1981 and never made a sequel even though the end of the movie like references stay tuned for history of the world part two with the dancing hitler or the skating hitler or whatever and the viking funeral and it <laughs> never came out like there's it never happened until last year th- this year i think is when it came yeah, out 20, this is like Months ago, yeah. On Hulu. And I actually think that works. The Hulu version, although it's, I don't think it's as funny, it works better because it's just like short little, like, you know, 20-minute skits about a historical event. I think with this movie, I know it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and a half. Yeah. It spends a lot of time with the three different segments because there's the Roman, the French Revolution, and then the Spanish Inquisition, right? Or I guess the Inquisition Spanish is in the middle. I mean, those two are the yeah. big ones, the Roman and the French resistance. Those are the ones that are the longest. Right. And we get that little bit of the stone age, which, uh, and again, I don't know. And I, it, Orson Welles' narration, I don't did, did that work for you? The contrast of, yeah, it's kind of funny. Orson yeah. Welles with just the crass stuff that's happening when he's just talking about, Oh, it's inevitable afterbirth. the critic. I just, Oh, this is so silly. Um, but it's it's really broad. I mean, yeah, you could laser focus these. Well, so I don't. In Wikipedia, I, who knows if this is true, but I hope it's true. This is the the story of how the movie came to be. Zamel Brooks is walking on some lot, you know, in Hollywood, and he'd done high anxiety, and some random person yells at him. He's like, "Hey, Mel, you did uh, Hitchcock. What's next for you? Are you gonna go bigger?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go so big. I'm gonna do the history of the world." And he said, you're going to do all of that in one movie? He said, ah, good point. I'll call it History of the World Part 1. I have no idea if that's a true story, but I hope so. I mean, back oh, in the did, day yeah. when, like, you could just kind of on a whim, had enough power and clout to just make a silly movie. I mean, this is also a movie I may just think Mel Brooks did what he wanted to do, right? I mean, maybe he made dumb choices. Maybe the jokes don't hold up, but you're like, hey, this is what he wanted to do. That Spanish Inquisition musical number, it's not like... That wasn't shoehorned in by some stupid studio executive. It's like, we need a musical number. He's like, I want to put it in there. I think the idea of, of a song about torturing people and the insane, like, roulette wheel of torture and all these other, like, that they built that set. That's crazy, right? Like, he cranks it. It's a slot machine and people are being tortured. And then he uh, gets three Jews. Um, I mean, it's just really crazy. And he, he choreographed the nuns who were synchronized. I mean, it's like, 
that's it. That's what he wanted to do. And I'm always going to respect a movie that just does that. I mean, this was this wasn't like workshop to death, other than the Three Mile Island scene, which didn't make because apparently it did just horrify people. I mentioned that last week. Uh, also, seeing here that it opened the same weekend as Raiders of the Last Ark, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Clash of the Titans. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, it held its own. I mean, it's it's a contrast to those movies. If you're, I mean, those those are fun movies, but they're not not comedies. But I mean. It's back in the day when a movie like this could could make money. Um, and now now it has to go directly onto Hulu streaming, right? You're going to do something like that. You're not going to give it a theatrical release in 2023. And yeah, you're not going to put as much energy and time into the set pieces. I mean, they built a lot of sets. I mean, they really did. Yeah. I, I don't know where it was all shot, but it doesn't all look like it was shot on a Hollywood backlot. Um and just commitment to the dumbness. I mean, everybody, everybody plays it straight, no matter how dumb it gets. Um, I mean, everybody says the word piss boy without laughing. And I don't know how they do that. Right? <laughs> In the French Revolution, we get a character who's a piss boy. He just holds his bucket and people, men, pee in it. And everybody says piss boy. And they just do the whole scene playing it straight. I, 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 it seems like I wouldn't be able to do that without cackling a bunch of times. Um, I don't know. I, I was very entertained by this movie, but uh, I don't know. It sounds like I maybe got more laughs out of it than you. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I didn't love it really at all. Um, I mean, there I, were some funny parts. Uh, the musical number wasn't, that's not for me. Uh, uh, yeah. the, the French Revolution part, kind of, like, I didn't quite understand what was supposed to be funny about that. Is it, Was it just that, like, the king is such a piece of shit. I, what was what was the joke? I guess I don't understand. Oh, I when he said I, I love uh, I love the poor, and then he's using them as target practice. So the joke is that he doesn't love the poor, and he's completely disregards them. And yes, he's awful. And the same, it's the same kind of joke. What was the deal? Of, what was the deal with the the was the guy pretending to be the king? I guess I maybe looked at my phone during that part. I I was confused yeah. So the happening. piss boy gets um, who was also Mel Brooks correct uh, is there as a stand-in because they they're expecting the revolution to come through and they, they think they're gonna the actual king so they get somebody to stand in for him so he the actual king goes away and that's just the stand-in at the end so the whole time in the end it's the piss boy it's not the correct. actual king right? correct okay. the actual king just disappears and it's just just the piss boy because uh, he was like ready to die he's like you have any last words no Ebony. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then the guillotine comes down. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> One last request. Yeah, just the way he brushed the, yeah, He tried to no. look tough. Just, ah. I don't need, I mean, and now, and now it's, it's even more funny thinking about it than it was watching it. Just just that, that bit. Um, that was it. I mean, it's the same joke that, like, so they had the Roman Senate and somebody's giving this impassioned speech. Maybe we shouldn't build bigger and more houses for the rich. Maybe we should build affordable housing uh, for you know the people that don't have it. What do we vote? And then everybody's voted, fuck the poor. Yeah. It's that people in power don't care about the poor and haven't ever. Um, so we're certainly mock them for being cruel and indifferent and, and worthless. None of, the, none of the people in power have any real skills. Caesar's just a fat slob um, who her introduction to him is that he just burps. And is that historically farts. accurate? Was no, I'm sure. I'm was sure. He, like a 
soldier. Yeah, yeah. It's not historically accurate. There's no, there's not even a shred of historical accuracy. I mean, it's just like a very silly pretense. But you know, he's he's indifferent. He takes a bath in money. He gets really offended when somebody makes a joke about him being overweight or people being overweight. Um, now he's he's powerful and awful. I mean, same thing with the king who goes around raping women. Basically, I don't know if it's supposed to be Henry VIII. I don't know what the deal is. King Louis. I don't know. He just but he keeps shoving his face in. Well, Louis. there's Mar- Marie Antoinette's reference in there, right? Right, but that's Henry VIII. But Henry VIII is a British. It, it mushes it all together. Henry VIII is a British guy, not French. And this is the French Revolution. This is Paris. Well, yeah, that's the uh, let them eat cake. Didn't didn't Marie Antoinette get her head chopped off? Wasn't she the queen? She had her head chopped off by Henry the. Wait, which no, one? Maybe by I'm... the people. By the. Oh, I'm thinking of Anne Boleyn. No, never mind. Yeah. You're right. I'm wrong. I'm you, thinking of Anne you're Boleyn. The... Yeah. That's and not my the French Revolution. Women. Got it. Okay. Sure. Yes. Let them eat cake. Um, Spanish inquisitors making light of everybody for his own amusement. I mean, everybody, they, they suck. Uh, Moses is, is an idiot in this. He drops one of the five of the 15 yeah. commandments. 15 commandments. See, it's like such a throwaway dumb bit, but I just like, it made me smirk. I, I couldn't help it. It's like, this is just, it's so committed to how dumb it is that I love it. I mean, it, it endears itself to me even if I wasn't cackling most of the time. Um, and I think you said, I mean, you love Spaceballs. What's the difference between, why do you think Spaceballs works for you, but this one less so? I don't, it, maybe it's it's the subject matter. I, I, like, I think Spaceballs is a better movie. Like, it's just a straight up better film. And this is like kind of nothing well, it's true. That's true. I mean, it, there, is, it really isn't a movie. It's these, like, three different skits, and then there's a musical number. I, maybe that's the problem, is, like... For, you know, for me, like, Tommy Boy, I think, is a hilarious movie. But it's also a really... Like, you could just watch that and not have it... Not think it's funny and enjoy it. And Dumb and Dumber's kind of stupid, but there's a plot of what's happening, and it does enough for you root for these guys. And it's also really funny. Anchorman has a plot... Again, kind of stupid. <laughs> um, that's a little more loosey goosey, but I think for me, comedies it's important for there to be somewhat of a plot to follow, and this doesn't really have that. But no, it's true. It doesn't have a plot. And I guess with Spaceballs, it's really tracking largely the plot of Star Wars movies, yeah, it's right? So it's pretty rip off. But it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good rip off of Star Wars. I no, mean, it, it is. It's, it's a great parody. No, no, I love all Spaceballs. the actors are good. All the performances are good. I mean, I, mean, I know I agree. Spaceballs is better. I'm just, uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just like it has a built-in structure. Make okay. a gun is very similar to this. It is just every second there's something stupid happening that's funny. Um, I think there's more jokes per minute in Naked Gun than in this, or like Airplane. One of those just straight up parodies, or every like literally everything you're seeing is is a joke. Um, that's different, but I think it just helps for me where the comedies have somewhat of a plot that's interesting and fun to follow. And Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost too broad. I mean, because, yeah, you get a little bit of here, we're, we're knocking on 2001 and kind of these old, like, caveman movies, uh, like The Quest for Fire for just a second. We're, we're I mean, that was kind of funny where he's, like, lights the rock 
and then he throws the rock on the the kindling and it doesn't start and he's like all right he hands the flame back to him i thought that was kind of funny i, I well i agree it's just very dumb no I, I mean i liked bits a lot of the bits i liked most of them didn't make me laugh but i, I admired them to me this is a lot closer to airplane than uh, almost all these other movies um because airplane, I mean, it barely. Ha- it does have a plot in that he has to land the plane, but it is like it in space. So the the we're combing the desert, and the guys have literal combs, and the one black guy has like a pick, and he's like, "We ain't found shit." Like that's really stupid, but I'll never forget that joke, and every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Well, there's I, a version of that kind of joke in this movie. Like this is literally crawling with Romans, and the Romans are crawling the street. It's a very similar. Like we're taking yeah. an expression and making it literal. Um, and that's the kind of joke. But it's the, the visuals of a of a guy with a giant pick. Oh. Like, oh, there's yeah. just something it's, it's, it's so even dumber sitting yeah, in a desert so, and even right. more pointless than crawling. And then he's uh, mad that <laughs> we ain't found shit. Like, right. there's just something so funny about that. I don't know why. I guess I can't really articulate it. Well, humor is like that. But, I mean, it's a lot of this, like, Blazing Saddles has a structure. Young Frankenstein has a clear structure because it's more more clearly modeling itself after one movie um i mean it gets some Let's inspiration get, from multiple movies i like to movies. fucking play poker or play chess <laughs> let's play chess <laughs> i don't know that's from blazing sales that's sure I think. maybe but like there's just not that structure here right i mean you're there's just it's just a few bits of pretexts but um it's every bit as dumb as other movies like it's got the same sensibilities um, it, it is missing some Gene Wilder. It would certainly be better if Gene Wilder were in this movie, but maybe he needed, I don't know what he was doing. Maybe he was doing a movie with Richard Pryor when this was filming. Um, I yeah, actually I mean, just read thing. something, maybe it was on Wikipedia, that Richard Pryor was supposed to be in this. Yeah, he yeah, was he did. supposed he to hurt. play the role of uh, Josephus, but got he got hospitalized for serious burns. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it yeah. might have been better. I, I can't. I don't know if I've whatever other things Gregory Hines has been in. I don't know if I've ever what else he's been in. Gregory Hines? Yeah, he's the guy that got, was. Yeah, Jesse no, Bruce. he's been in. Uh, he was in a movie with Billy Crystal. He was in a lot of stuff around that time. Oh, uh, sure. I'm, I'm not saying he wasn't. I just can't think of anything else that he's been in. Um, I don't know how much I've come across him. I need to find it. Probably would have been better with Richard Pryor. Um. That, that would have been better, but no, I think it, it isn't as good. I'm trying to, and I'm just trying to articulate why, because I like Spaceballs better. I, I like Young Frankenstein better. I like probably Blazing Saddles better. It's been a long time. I like the producers better, uh, a lot better. The producers is a, is a much tighter plot than almost any of these. Um, he didn't get full on. Zane Did you later. watch the Curb season where he makes the, does he make a movie, the producers? No, Dave, Larry, I have seen it. Larry David is going to star in the producers, and I mean other stuff happens or too. Or like a he's, Broadway version of it, or Broadway something. Broadway version of it. They're bringing right. it back That's to Broadway, right. and right. it turns out that Mel Brooks was sick of the producers and wanted him to tank it. And in the end, when he performs well, him and Anne Bancroft, his now deceased wife, um, they go, oh, "He'll be stuck with the producers forever." And you can see, yeah, and I, I know there's just like, yeah, he never intended to make History of the World Part Two. I don't think really, and it's just at some point it just became like, a, is he in? History World Part Two at all? He's like ninety six. No, I don't think so. I don't even think he wrote the show either. I think he's like a executive. He's got a producer credit and maybe okay, sure. Yeah, he's Uh, he's almost a hundred. Yeah, you're right. He's I mean, dude fought in World War Two. Oh, Uh, it does say he he wrote it. He really did. He really fight in World War Two? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, he was in World War II. I guess I don't know that he was a frontline soldier. Oh. I don't know what his role was in World War II. No, he, his son he disabled like a... bombs. He, he, that's, that's what he a... did. He he had to, like, hunt for mines in World War II to, like, oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and then he came on to be Mel, Mel Brooks. Um, yeah, no, I was. he had an article where he, um, Judd Apatow interviewed him, and it was, like, just really fascinating stuff. But, um, yeah, I just couldn't really articulate why this one didn't, didn't work as well as some of the other ones, even though I really admired it for it's like i don't know, commitment to silliness most movies don't don't commit they get stuck in this middle ground for me i i hate the middle ground like yeah i want a plot you got to either have a tightly focused plot with characters we really care about or you got to just say okay I, I don't i don't care about this at all yeah he was uh, at the battle of the bulge yeah, that's crazy wow but yeah his son is an author he wrote world war world z, z. yeah yep. And he wrote this Minecraft book that my kids liked that I read. So just based on Minecraft characters? Yeah, there was like a series of books. Um, it it like the first book takes place where this person like just wakes up in in the Minecraft world, and they don't know why okay. they're in the Minecraft world, and they have to figure out how to like farm and survive and learn the skills how to craft stuff. It's kind of interesting, but I read it to my kids; they really liked it. Okay. It was back when they loved Minecraft. I don't know. Uh, we're we're kind of losing sight. Robin Hood Men Tights. No, see, yeah, that's not one I like better too because it's clearly yeah. like it's spoofing our guy Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, basically. Right. Um. Yeah. You know, again, it just works better when the laser focus. High anxiety is laser focused on doing Hitchcock. I mean, I, that really helps. But with, like with like Monty Python's kind of a similar vibe, you know, where they're oh yeah, very iconoclastic. We're yeah. ridiculing everything. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I did think of Life of Brian a couple of times in this one, and that's clearly going after fanaticism and religious wingnuts and everything else like that. But yeah, I don't um, know, like the the Monty Python with the horse clap 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 clap, like that's such a stupid joke, where the guy's just walking but making the horse sounds like it's so dumb. But I'll never forget that joke, and every time I see it, it makes me laugh. Even thinking of it makes me giggle. Well, that, that's good. There's a few of those to me. Yeah, yes, I'll I'm gonna think of that. No, the no. Uh, and just don't like in the streets of Paris, right? We're seeing people that are impoverished and one guy's selling rats and there's another guy who's just like nothing. I'm selling nothing. And it's so dumb, but I'm going to remember the guy on the streets of Paris selling nothing. He's just shouting out for nothing. But yeah. There's just, there's a bits I'll, I'll remember. I and mean, this is a movie I liked I, and like the Jews in space. And now couldn't was it was it Marjorie Taylor Green that said the Jewish space laser? Was that the other one, Lauren Bover? Which one was the one that? I, that sounds like Cove. a Marjorie Taylor Green thing. So yeah, but, right. I, I just kept thinking of that. Like now, whenever that gets mentioned, I'm going to think of Jews in space and they're like Star of David formation doing. I mean, it was Star Wars for a half second. I mean, that was almost the transition to Spaceballs. Was Spaceballs right after this? Uh, next must movie? have been. I think um, so. Spaceballs 87, yeah, so six years later, but it was his next movie. Well, yeah. yeah, and he was doing other stuff. I mean, he produced The Fly, and other stuff was going on. It was, like, it was so silly, and yet it was kind of, like, well-produced for that one sequence. And it was just so dumb. The Viking well, funeral, like, turns out they all have He's a really horns. good director, you know? Like, that's the other piece of it is he's he is. a great filmmaker. For this type of comedy, I mean, he basically invented this these type of movies. That's true. He predates Monty Python for sure. Like, you know, like all the this. other ones we mentioned, airplane, all, naked gun, like they're all just doing Mel Brooks shit. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was there's a, a scene in Naked Gun. I think it's the first one where she, he, Leslie Nielsen goes up to the woman is like, oh, my God, I love your beaver. And it's supposed to be sexual. But then there's just like a stuffed beaver. It's like just so dumb. Like, OK, we're taking this expression and he's just actually complimenting her stuffed beaver. There's no it's not a double entendre. It's a single entendre. Uh, we imagined it. It's by the jets. It's dumb. Um, there's, there's just so much of that. Like I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm inventing the catapult. The, the woman's father, <laughs> who's in in a prison cell surrounded by bird cages, and he says, "Cat got your tongue," and then turns out a you know, cat did eat it, his bird. <laughs> and he just, I'm inventing the catapult, and then he chucks the. And it's very clearly not a real cat. I mean, there's, there's you don't need yeah. to warn me that no animals are armed. Clearly, is just just flung it. But yeah, he's uh, like a catapult. Where did that name come from? I don't know. Maybe it was a cat, like that. Just, he just threw a cry. Okay, just, let's make a whole thing about it. Just, I, it doesn't mean anything. We move on to the next thing, and I just like okay, a guy chucking the cat. I mean, the character doesn't matter. It's it's so absurd and dumb um, every step of the way. Um, so, I mean, was the joint, that's your, your number one bit? Yeah, probably. I don't know. There wasn't like a, I think that's, uh, there's not like funny repeatable lines in this movie. Most of it's like sight gags. Oh, a lot there, of it is, yeah. There aren't a lot of like, I actually like this, his standout bit. I thought it was funny. I don't really remember any particular lines, um, but it was pretty funny. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, for some reason, I remember that it's good to be Was king. It? I've never seen this yeah. movie before, but that that made its way into pop well, culture. Well, he says it like four different times in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, it's like I don't know. I grew up in Iowa in the early '90s. I, I it's weird that this movie that's that made its way into the lexicon, but it did. I don't know. Like I was like, oh yeah, that's where this comes from. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it is a lot of side gags. That's true. I mean, it is really visual. Um, there aren't very many lines. Almost everything is 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 a physical bit that they do. Um, I mean, there's a few dumb stuff like just say when, and she says eight thirty. Oh I, yeah. Just so dumb stuff like she's picking her escorts, and there's all these shirtless soldiers that come in like, to the room. Yes, 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 yes. No. <laughs> yes, it's like so wonderfully dumb and ridiculous, and just like okay, and they got you know whatever it was twenty guys to walk in there bare ass, you know, with the stupid. Roman uniforms on because she's a horn dog. Get it? I mean, I, it's great. I don't know. And and we did the opening. I mean, just the yeah, the fact that he's a stand-up philosopher, the bullshit artist. I mean, I don't know. Work for me. But all right, I don't think we need to go much further on this one because I think yeah, I don't really have. It works I mean, for people. Mel Brooks is interesting conversation what he means to like film history, I think is pretty significant and movie comedies in general. The fact that he's still alive, still making shit is crazy. Damn near a yeah. hundred fucking years old. Sure. Um, I think this is probably just on the lower end of oh, it where is. I would put Mel Brooks movies. Oh, sure. I mean, I think it's probably my least favorite of all the ones of his I've seen, but I still really like it. I also really like those movies. So it's not, I'm not, I don't I'm I think most people this. would say that about this movie. It's, yeah, it's, it's a it's lower minor, tier mill. It's minor mill. Sure. Yeah. Got it. So, I mean, what would you give it? I'm, I'm, it sounds to me like you're saying two and a half stars. Are you saying yeah, two and a half stars? Yeah, I think stars? so. That's probably about right. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I liked it a lot more than you at three and a half stars. I mean, this isn't, I, it just, and I, I couldn't quite articulate other than there's just not enough. It's it's like. I didn't like the, the supporting cast as much either. Um, there wasn't like a other person other than Mel Brooks that I thought was like really, really funny that like. That's true. I, I love this. Like Madeline Kahn's kind of funny, but her, her shtick always kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Oh, see, I like her, but she didn't have as much to do in this movie. I mean, it was just you're horny. You're uh, Empress and you're horny. And that's your character. And Don Duluis just like burping and. I, yeah. Mm. No, he doesn't have that Gregory Hines was good. He was kind of funny. He was kind of like the Dave Chappelle from Men in Tights in this movie, but. Sure. He didn't have a whole lot to do either. No, there there isn't there isn't a ton. Um, no, Mel Brooks does all, all the almost all the lifting um, in this movie, and he's got a lot of bit parts from some old people from the show shows. It's a thing he worked on in like the fifties. Sid Caesar had this big show that you know most people have forgotten, but um, he was in that. He was like the head caveman and like Shecky Green, some old. I old thought that stand-ups. was at first when I was watching this. I was like, is that just like a ripped Mel Brooks? Like when did he get so buffed? But you're this Sid Caesar guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I had three and a half stars. I, mean, I, I just appreciate, I pre, I mean, I did laugh quite a bit. I will think of things that are just dumb. I'm, I'm glad you picked up on the, just the absurd way he said no. And then I, I don't know, just like, I'll think of stuff and, and laugh later on from this, but it's just not so great. I, I, I guess to me, like this, it's like with all those other movies, he's got a clear target. There's like a prey you know, that he's going after like a main, there's a main kill. And here it's like, he's got this buffet and he's just like nibbles from bits of everything. And some stuff kind of works, but there's nothing he's really sinking his teeth into. And I think that that hurts. If there was a specific historical movie and said, all right, I'm just going to do this one thing and go more in depth and have a bit more structure. Like I'm just going to parody Ben Hur, for example, or whatever, like, or a different movie, old time, whatever it was. Um, You want to do the old Testament, whatever it is. Pick that, I think it would have worked better than just. Yeah, if it was all just biblical stuff, I think maybe that would be. Oh yeah, if you just like, hey, we're gonna, I'm gonna fall. Might have been, like, yeah, maybe. Passion didn't of the just... Christ, but a spoof of it, you know, kind of thing. Oh sure, that well, that would be great. I would, I would absolutely love his take on on the Bible. Um, yeah, that would have been better. But just, just yeah, there's not much there. But um, glad I watched it. I actually, here's a semi-related question. You watch this what how did you watch this movie just rented it on, on amazon no on voodoo it wasn't available on amazon okay yeah i had a hard time finding it too and i ended up actually just buying the dvd for four bucks uh, i uh so back in the day i used to uh get dvds from netflix and i would burn them sure um and i had i went through i have one like it's like 200 disc one of those big folding books I went through it because I knew I had burned this movie, but it wasn't in, I, I had get, gotten rid of them because I don't use them anymore. Um, so it wasn't, I didn't have the sleeve that had it in there, but I, I did at some point burn it. And I was, if, if I could have found it, I was just going to put the disc in and see if it still worked. Yeah. So what I did, I mean, I've been looking for uh, hard boiled on DVD because I've not been uh, able to stream it. Yeah. I found hard boiled and I was like, Oh, they got history of the world part one here. All right. You know what? Four bucks, it's basically what it costs on Amazon, and I can have it indefinitely. I probably won't rewatch it anytime soon. That's fine. Um, oh, this just in. Um, oh, this is, I've got Netflix on the line, Eric. They said they're coming after you. 
Copyright yeah. infringement. I, it's statute of limitations has got to be are, passed. They right are now. on their way to your I house right had now. Had to download a some software that overwrote the copyright protection in order to burn the DVDs. I can't wow. be the only one that did that. I'm sure you weren't the only one that did. It's funny with you spent the time to do. Did you get? Did you fill that 200 books? Oh, I had I had over a thousand. I had giant. But I had I had an Excel spreadsheet of all the movies with num- a number system. I. I went heavy into it, man. At some point, and now I was. Gone. Now, yeah, I got rid of them except for one sleeve, and it didn't have History of the World in it. Fascinating. Okay, a thousand movies. Oh, oh man. at least, at least a thousand. Yeah. Did you I, actually the sleeve I flipped through? I have all of the Star Trek movies. <laughs> so all I take it you you rented them from Netflix and you burned but I them and then sent them back. Yeah, and just sent them back. I you did were just it as, to collect the them. day I got it. I burned it and sent it back. Yeah, it was just starting a collection. And then like sometimes I'd get to it of like, oh, I, let's watch it. But yeah, it's just literally starting a giant movie collection. Before there were online databases where you could just click and watch it. You know, you had to actually have the fucking thing so at some point i was going to do like a hard drive and upload them all so i could search it and watch it that way but that became too arduous and and the problem with that is then you just you can only watch it on that hard drive you can't watch it on any tv in your house like i can with a fire stick now so sure okay interesting all right learned something a little bit about uh oh i always loved my i had a friend when I was a kid, he in his basement, he had just bookshelves of uh, VHS tapes. And he would tape them, you know, set his VCR program it for with the TV guy to get the TV guide every Sunday. And he would map out whenever movies were airing, on like mostly on HBO, so you didn't have commercials or whatever. And then he would program his VCR to record them all. And he'd have, you know, three or four, um, uh, three or four, like, movies on a tape, depending on how long they were. And then you'd flip through it and had every movie there. It was cool. Oh, back in the days when you just slum it up, when physical media was your only yeah, I mean, option. We, we, I know I sound like a thousand years old explaining this, but... But you weren't that long ago. I mean, you know, I'm... I don't know. I mean, I, I got it on... I Ten years, it on yeah. a PS4 and still I mean, streams Netflix DVDs. came out with 2006, 2005, and, and they didn't have streaming then. It wasn't until... Boy, what, 2010, 2011 before? They yeah, I was in law school shit? at some point. That was yeah. when he did that. We're getting rid of the DVDs. And yeah, when a House few of years Cards, too early, which whenever House of Cards there, that was like their first like streaming show. Yeah, well, I don't know. I realize I do kind of miss DVDs a little bit. I don't miss VHS because they suck. Uh, I mean, they just, they are shitty. It's bad you gotta quality. Rewind on. Yeah, yeah. qualities, you have to rewind them. But just, I like the concept of the DVD menu. And it's just, I don't know, there's just something about getting to that screen that gets me hyped to watch a movie, which I, I enjoy. And that was like me, because I, I haven't watched a DVD probably since my oldest was, I mean, real little. Like we're talking 2016, 2017, we pop in DVDs that were like toddler stuff, whatever it was. Strawberry Shortcake, I don't even remember. It's like, man, I did miss the intro. But, I mean, is it like Disney Plus, when, that, when did that roll out three years ago right Two, not all that ago. long ago really yeah no no not long ago at all and yet you have all the marvel stuff indian yeah. jones a billion other stuff every pixar movie all the animated disney movies i mean disney used to open the vault if you want to get a vhs they, they might they might go back to that is what i hear but 
But yeah, that's another reason why I don't feel bad having it on physical media is that you're not subject to the whims of weird studio executives who yeah. like want to force you to have to watch stuff and pay monthly because you don't know what will come and go. Like, don't want to do, deal with that. But um, you got some choices here. History of the World Part 1. Get us from History of the World Part 1 to Field of Dreams. Okay. I went with Mel Brooks. Okay. Sure. He he's uh he's in Robin Hood Men in Tights. He's like a rabbi. I think I don't really remember his. Yes, character. he does the circumcisions. That's right. Uh, That's in right. the forest. Yes. Uh, Don DeLuise is also in Men in Tights. He's in Blazing Saddles as well. So I kind of did a little Mel Brooks. Uh, sure. Round table Mel Brooks. Here. Sure. Uh, Slim Pickens is in Blazing Saddles. He's in Doctor Strange Love with James Earl Jones, who's in Field well Dreams. Well done. I like that a lot. Oh, man. Well done. Um, I actually went with John Hurt. Did you catch him in this movie? He's Jesus, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, is that John Hurt is Jesus? Yeah. And it is, in fact, John Hurt. Um, if people don't know who John Hurt is, I mean, he's in a, a number of things. But if you like Harry Potter, he's Ollivander, the guy that sells Harry the Wand in the first Harry Potter movie. He's uh, the guy that gets his face hugged by the face hugger in the first Alien movie, which is what I, I used. So I hopped over to a- Alien. I've not seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. It's quite great. Um, and then I went with um, Veronica Cartwright. So she's on the crew. She's one of the people that eventually gets eaten by one of the aliens. Um, she's in a movie, Body Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the second one that came out in 1978. Um it's another really good sci-fi horror. Um, and then Jeff Goldblum's in that movie for a hot minute. Hardly, but hardly in it, but he is in it. And then um, Jeff Goldblum is in Silverado with Kevin Costner. The 85 Western. Jeff Goldblum's also in this movie, uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Have you heard of this movie? I thought I'd be making a Buckaroo Banzai <laughs> comment. I just figured it would trigger you, Eric. I didn't want to trigger you. Uh, I wanted you Buckaroo. happy. Go back and listen to our episode on Buckaroo Banzai. You, you're just going to hear a grumpy Eric and who is just apoplectic at a movie that is the dumbest, bad, worst movie he's ever seen. Worst, honestly, I never, worst, worst movie ever made, I think. I, don't, I never flat. thought we would get beneath Cabaret. I honestly thought Cabaret was the bottom. I thought that set the floor forever all time, but no. Some people love Cabaret, by the way. I don't I, think yeah. there's anybody out there that loves Bucker Bonsai. No, Cabaret is a, a real movie that you just don't like and isn't your kind of movie. Um, Bucker Bonsai is very weird and depends on how generous you want to be with certain sections. But even if it's just bad. I, but anyway, we're, we're rehashing an old thing. I, 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 Bucker Bonsai is not... It's entertaining, but it's not great. Anyway, Eric, you get to steer the ship. You've got the steering wheel. You're going to let me guess what movie you've picked for us to watch next time. Okay. Uh, I'll start out with the year, like we usually do. Um, the year this movie was released is 2007. Okay, around the time of No Country for Old Men. We're getting in that ballpark, okay. Uh, it was co-written by Francis Ford Coppola's son. Okay. His name is Roman Coppola. Doesn't help. Uh, Natalie Portman is in this movie. Okay. I have a, 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 I have a like a primordial thought, but I'm not ready to guess. Do you you want to share it? You don't. Okay. No. Um. Let's see. The Kinks have three songs in it. 
three kink songs. I can even give them to you. Power Man, Strangers, and This Time Tomorrow. See, that throws me off. I, no, that doesn't help. I'm, I'm now more confused. Okay. Was that four clues? Four or four. I get one more. Uh, last clue is the uh, majority of this movie takes place in India. Oh, yeah, I'm way off. Majority of the movie takes place in India. Natalie Portman. The Natalie Portman thing is starting off. She's got like a small role in it. I don't think she's... I, I uh, just, I'm trying to think of a movie from 2007 set in India. Um, I mean, is it Slumdog Millionaire? Nope. That's too early. I don't know. Uh, there's a train. Darjeeling Limited? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Darjeeling and Limited. Darjeeling My least favorite West End. Good. Uh, I've never seen it. It's his one movie I've never seen. Let's complete it for you. And I've he's got, got a new film coming out. Um, Asteroid City, something like Asteroid that. City, yep. Asteroid City, yeah. Asteroid City, looks good. Yep. I'd like I to see it. I think it looks it. really if good. I, yeah. Yeah. I just I don't think I'm going to find the time, but I probably won't either. But uh, yeah, so great. I, I'm a gigantic Wes Anderson fan. Um. Really so Life Aquatic is the one of his I haven't seen for no particular reason. Oh, I'm, I'm Life not against Aquatic is phenomenal. I mean, yeah, I need to I, watch it. I've heard some people think this is like sort of a companion to Real Tannenbaums, which I think is like a flawless movie, and yeah, definitely like, his best movie. I like Real Tannenbaums way more uh, than well, it's been a long time. I know I saw it when it came out in whatever it was 2007, I guess. I recently uh, watched Bottle Rocket, and I love that movie so much. It's so good. Okay, but never seen this. Are so, there any any West Anderson movies you don't like? Um, I mean, the Mr. Fox, I I didn't. Oh, love. it's animated, sure. Moonrise Kingdom, I I didn't love that. Although I is one I I've only seen it one time. I do want to rewatch it. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, French Dispatch was his most recent before this. Yeah, I didn't it was okay. see that. It was all right. Okay, that's pretty tepid. And yeah. I think I like Grand Budapest more than you, if I recall. You do honest. like that a lot more than me. I, I would put that lower on his tier, oh, see, tier that's, movies. That's, I think, his best. My favorite is Tannenbaum's. I really like Life Aquatic's probably my third favorite of his. I would probably say Tannenbaum's, then Bottle Rocket, then Life Aquatic, if I was going to okay. rank them in order. Where do you put Rushmore? Lower than Budapest. Wow, wow okay. All right. No, I, I mean, it's his most visually interesting movie. It's great. I mean, I, I love her. But anyway. Too much, Schwartzman. too much Schwartzman. Too much Schwartzman. There's a lot of Schwartzman in this movie, too. Uh, yeah, okay. That, we'll talk about that. Let, let's, let's, well, uh, and also Adrian Brody, not a huge fan of him either. So Let's put some bookmarks on that. Yeah. Boop. Boop. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to remember that. We're going we're gonna to talk about that next time. All right. Well, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. It's going to be the king. Oh, yes. <laughs>